Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Everything Iconic. Welcome to an Everything Iconic mini pop dive, where my guests and I deep dive into iconic pop culture touchstones. Today, Amanda Hassica and I are diving into the Scream franchise, starring Queen Nev Campbell, Queen Courtney Cox, David Arquette, and Queen Drew Barrymore. The 1996 film grossed over $173 million worldwide on a $15 million budget. Writer Kevin Williamson and director Wes Craven reignited the horror genre with their meta take on a teen thriller. Originally, the film was to be titled Scary Movie, a title later used for the spoof of the film starring Queen Anna Faris and Queen Regina Hall. Scream spawned three more film installments and a television show that is currently airing on MTV. It was a critical and commercial hit that influenced many of the films that came after it that tried to replicate its success. I invited my friend Amanda Hassica to discuss the legacy of the franchise, fave moments, and more. This is an everything iconic pop dive into the Scream franchise. Hello. Hello. Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. Uh, I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big breasted girl who can't act. He's always running up the stairs and she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules. That one must abide by. In order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. 
Okay, guys, I'm here with Amanda Hassica. How are you? I'm great. You, we just did a Hocus Pocus pop dive, and we needed to do another pop dive for the Scream franchise. Yes. So this is a little mini pop dive. Mm-hmm. Now, do you remember the first time you saw the Scream, Scream 1? So I remember, I don't remember the first time watching it from beginning to actually, no, it's a lie I do, but I, so. How dare you lie to me the first, right when we <laughs> well, start so this, Amanda, so you're lying to me. I know, I'm, I'm sorry, but there's i have like a couple different memories of it because so scream came out what like 96 i was eight years old and i remember my parents we were in albuquerque visiting my dad's family my dad's side of the family and i was sleeping in the living room so i was like on this fold-out couch bed thing and family room was like right next to the living room and so i was going to bed but my mom and my dad and my grandparents stayed up to watch scream so i could hear everything that was happening i just remember being terrified i was like laying there in the dark by myself listening to a horror movie so that's like my first kind of like really memory of scream but i think the first time i watched it watched it i think it was like a few years later when i was like in middle school i think the second or the third scream had come out so i remember everyone like being really hyped about that so i had a friend my parents so this girl that i used to hang out with her parents like let us rent the movies because i don't think my parents would have let me rent those movies so we rented like all of them and watched them and yeah. I remember my oldest brother, he rented it with some friends. They were watching in the living room and they left the VHS tape there and they had all gone out or something. It was like still pretty early in the night. And I was home. I don't know where my parents were. I don't know if they left me or what. But yeah, I was maybe 10, 11, 12. Yeah. And I put it in and I just was, I was so scared and I turned it off. Like, you were by after yourself? The, I was by myself. Oh my god! But I turned it off after the Drew Barrymore stuff because I was like, That's too it much. was so, so much. That whole That's opening. traumatizing. The Drew Barrymore opening, I mean... I mean, talk about iconic. It was like that really not that that like really set a tone for these horror movies to come. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters. Yeah. What's yours? Guess. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Is that the one where the guy had knives for fingers? Yeah, Freddy Krueger. Freddy, that's right. I like that movie. It was scary. Well, well, the first one was, but the rest sucked. So, you got a boyfriend? (laughs) Why? You want to ask me out on a date? Maybe. Do you have a boyfriend? Mm, No. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. What did you say? And it was so brilliantly executed. Like, I don't think people remember how how important that was because mm-hmm. it was like, this was a huge star. She was on the poster. She was in the advertisements. Everyone thought she was going to be in the whole movie. And how brilliant to, like, kill her off in the first five minutes of a horror movie. And then you're just like, what the fuck? You yeah. have no idea what to expect after that. And I just think it sets the tone beautifully. And then Drew is fantastic in that opening. And it is so, so scary when she answers to the phone. and then. 
I mean, that's like a, a, a phrase that's in our lexicon. Like, what's your favorite scary yep. movie? And and they even did it in the following Scream movies. Which even, I mean, that movie was so iconic that it made the even equally iconic scary movie. Right, with, right. We uh, wouldn't have had scary movie. Yes. I, that movie is so, it, it's funny because I think at the time, when did scary movie come out? Like 2000 or something. So right. I was like 12 and... Like I said, I would like have my cool friends who like their parents didn't care what we rented. So we would like rent those. And that's like how I watch these. And, you know, at the time you're like, oh, my God, like this is so funny. Like this is the funniest thing ever. But like genuinely, I watched Scream at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery recently. And there were scenes that like I knew. Oh, you remembered from like, scary I, yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm like, right. okay, like I, I could like run the scary movie, you know, yeah. like dialogue in my mind, like just from like that watching Scream. So I think a lot of the scary movie, all, all of them up until the Ashley Tisdale version without Anna Ferris, oh, yeah. I think that was maybe five or six, but all of the Anna Ferris ones, they're so, there's some really good stuff and like really hilarious. It, a lot, some of it's hit, it's hit and miss, you know, some of yeah. it's really stupid and cheesy, but then when it's funny, it's like really yeah. fucking funny. And Anna Ferris and Regina Hall are just like yeah. amazing. I, in there's it. a big, um, kind of like online community, like, oh no, they didn't love, uh, what, what's that? What's the character's name in Brenda? the movie? Brenda. Oh yeah. my God. People love Brenda. She's, I mean, Brenda in the movie theater and scary movie one. I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. Regina Hall gives like one of the best comedic yeah. performances ever in that movie, in all of those movies. <laughs> I don't know why you hang out with her. She is such a hoe. Why do you say that? Cause I've seen her. My friend Sean had a pool party this summer. Sean. You know, Puff Daddy. Anyway, everybody was drinking Cristal champagne, and then it started to get wild, and people was getting freaky in the pool and stuff. I look over, and there was your girl getting bucked wild in the jacuzzi. So? With a backup dancer. I mean, that's nasty. That's, that's lower than the security guard. At least security can get you backstage. She don't love herself. I don't know. I think Buffy's sweet, Brenda. Oh, she is as fake as press on nails. Hey, baby girl! And then it was so weird to me when they did do one without Anna Faris and Regina Hall. Because it was like, they were the scary movie yeah. franchise, and then they tried to do one with Ashley Tizzo, who is, of course, a queen that I love. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't, she, it just, she's not Anna Faris and, yeah. and Regina Hall. And I wish they would reboot the scary movie franchise with just Brenda and, um, what's the other, what's Anna Faris's name in it? I can't think of it. Cindy. Cindy. Brenda yes. and Sydney. Yeah, they were, They need a... Yeah, but so I, I, scary, I, I think Scream, it's also one of those movies, it's just... Because I love Kevin Williamson, you know, he mm-hmm. did I Know What You, know did, what you last did Last Summer, Dawson's Creek, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, it's just so meta. And it was like meta before right. I think people knew what meta really was. It was the first of its kind, really. It really was. I mean, Courtney Cox is so fucking good in this movie. Oh, yeah. I, like, it's funny Playing because... Playing against type at the time, I mean, because she was from Friends. Exactly. And, I, you know, I was kind of like reading up on it on IMDb after I saw it, after I watched it recently. and. You know, people, they didn't want her for that role, but she really, like, pushed for it. And it's crazy to think about, I think David Arquette was only, like, 25 when that movie was made. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. And their whole relationship was, over the course of those four movies, it was like, they met on Scream Mm -hmm. 1, they were dating by Scream 2, and married by Scream 3, and then divorced by Scream 4. Yeah, so sad, but... I know, it's sad. But they have a good relationship now, though, which is good. But yeah, no, Scream is great. I, it's... And it's like just the right amount of scary yeah. where it's not 
you know, too overwhelming. I mean, I would I don't think I would ever sit down and watch it by myself in like a dark room or anything like that. But, you know, it's it's lighthearted enough, if that yeah. makes sense. Well, because there's a lot of comedy in it. And it really, for me, it set off this obsession with horror movies around that time, which is weird. Now I don't watch them and I'm, I, I'm too mentally unstable to watch like these new ones, like a... I don't know the what are the the nun or like any of those new ones that are out like Matt likes them and I'm like I can't watch this like I suffer from depression, <laughs> but I used to when I was a teenager I became obsessed with like I know what you did last summer Urban Legend like all of those movies with these teen stars and they were it was interesting because they were they would be really really well written and then the quality just started going down yeah. down 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 well because I think you know it's funny we were talking about in the Hocus Pocus pop dive of like why didn't they do a sequel and they're like da 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 with these they went so I mean obviously they're two different right. like, movie genres but they went so hard with these where they you know are just like let's make a sequel da, 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 right. da. and so it's just it's interesting that they would go super hard for these but like not something like that but right do you have a favorite Scream 1 moment ooh I mean, I love that opening. I love, so spoiler alert if you have not seen Scream, but I love when Stu and um, kind of Billy are like kind of revealing selves to be the killers and they're like stabbing each other. And then mm. Stu is like, I'm feeling pretty woozy here. <laughs> like yeah. that is just so, so funny. And I guess that line was like improvised too, which oh my God. cracks me up. That's probably like one of my favorite parts. Uh, I'm a Billy Wood, y'all, right? I can't take anymore. I'm feeling woozy here. Also, Skeet Ulrich was a stud. Yeah. I mean, he is a stud still, but I remember watching him be like, oh my God. And he kind of had that grungy kind of look. Well, it's funny too, watching it back uh, when I watched it at the cemetery, they literally, it's like one of those things where you don't know what to expect, but it's interesting watching it, like knowing who the killers are and all that kind of stuff, because the first time that uh, Sydney's attacked by the ghost face, Billy literally pops up. So it's like, oh, okay, oh, duh. Yeah, yeah. Like you're literally being told that Billy's the killer, right. but they, you know, have all these red herrings. And then Henry Winkler is so good in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I died when he Emmy went. Winner, his no. Emmy, his no. Emmy winning speech was so cute. And I love that, like, just like that little cameo. I guess they kind of kept his cameo under wraps right. for that too, but. Um, and the, and it really at its core was a whodunit, but the, because the script is so good, it's like after you watch it the first time, you can rewatch it because the script is good. The yeah. first time you're just thinking like, who's the killer? And that's uh, then with the sequel, they were so uh, the the first one was so huge, and then the sequel was the first time I think that it really became a thing where they had to hide the script and like yep. there were well, online the, leaks. Yeah, at exactly. One point. This is probably the first time I think yeah the internet or not it was kind of contributing to. Yeah, like you said, script leaks and stuff like that. But anyway, so yeah, no, Jerry O'Connell uh, plays the boyfriend. So he was supposed to be, he plays Sydney's boyfriend, her mm-hmm. college boyfriend, and he was supposed to be the killer. Her and her, and her best friend were going to be the killers, but the script leaked, so they had to like change it. And You know, it's funny. I actually asked Jerry when I had him on the show for Bravo's play-by-play, I asked him about him being the villain in Scream 2, and I didn't include it in that episode. I wanted to save it for this pop dive. So let's just uh, listen to what he had to say for that. It was reported that you were supposed to be the villain originally. Is that correct? Or is that mis... You know, I, I, I can't answer that both show um, because they only gave us a script with no end. The first script I got had no ending. Okay. And maybe in an earlier version, you should talk to Julie Pleck. I don't know if you know her at all. She's a writer. Yeah. Yeah. She lives in this area. She was one of the, she was one of the producers on it. She would know more details than I would, but I think they mentioned that there was a version where I was the killer, but I think they had a couple of endings and then, 
spoiler alert, um, I think they ended up going with Laurie Metcalf, Timothy Oliphant, and, and yeah. Laurie Metcalf as being spoiler alert. Yeah, like you said, I think it was kind of one of those things where they had to you know shoot multiple endings because they didn't want to spoil things. But Which then, now I feel like they do more. Yeah, of like Game of Thrones, I think. Um, like they're having their final season. So like they film, you know, like a few different endings. And so they don't, so the actors can't even really spoil because I mean, if you think about it, you just do one thing, you could go run your mouth. So. Yeah. And the second one really leaned into the meta too. We had cameos from Tori Spelling yeah. and Luke Wilson. It was like they, who were mentioned in the first movie yeah. and then they're playing Sydney in the second movie in the stab franchise. So tell us about this part you're getting rave reviews for. Well, I play this young girl, Sydney Prescott, who discovers that her boyfriend's this crazy serial killer who also killed her mother the year before that. <laughs> so what kind of research did you do for the part? I oh, get I it. Book. They get Tori Spelling to play Sid, and they cast Joe Blow Nobody to play me. <sighs> At least you get David Schwimmer. I get the guy who drove Jane Seymour's stagecoach for one episode of Dr. Quinn. Okay, let's get down to business. The way I see it, someone's out to make a sequel. You know, cash in on all the movie murder hoopla. So it's our job to observe the rules of the sequel. Number one, the body count is always bigger. Number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate. More blood, more gore. Carnage, candy. Your core audience just expects it. And number three... If you want your sequel to become a franchise, never, ever... How do we find the killer, Randy? That's what I want to know. It's The second movie, I think, is fantastic and brilliant. And it was... It did come out so quickly after the first one. It did, yeah. Which is amazing to me that it it turned out so good, despite there not really being a break. Yeah. Uh, So I love the second one. And then the third one... You know what? The the second one, though, I always... The the one part that bothers me (laughs) is that dramatic when Sydney is... She's doing a scene from the play. Do you know what I'm talking Macbeth about? Macbeth or whatever is she's it? Like, that? By the grace of God. And it's just like, it's so <laughs> much. And I don't know. I remember watching it as a kid and it just was like, it was like Took simmer down Sydney. Yeah. Like Nev Campbell was trying to do her like yeah. big dramatic acting and like they're chasing her through and she's like, not yeah. sure who's chasing after her. It was just a little too much. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things you kind of look back on it. And I mean, Sydney was this like badass. like she didn't, she fought back. And I think. That was, I mean, if you think about it, like 97, 2000, like we weren't seeing a ton of that. Yeah. So for her to do that was pretty revolutionary, I would say. I want to mention Laurie Metcalf too. Oh, I love Queen Laurie so Metcalf. Is, is so good and so good. Two. You're as crazy as your son was. What did you just say? Was that a negative, disparaging remark about my son? About my Billy? No, Billy was a good boy. Billy was perfect. You did a bang-up job, Mrs. Loomis. Not wise to patronize me with a gun, Sydney. Randy spoke poorly of Billy, and I got a little knife happy. I was a good mother. You know what makes me sick? I'm sick to death of people saying that it's all the parents' fault. It all starts with the family. You want to blame someone? Why don't you blame your mother? She's the one who stole my husband and broke up my family. And then you took my son. You don't know what it is to be a mother. To raise a child and teach him. I mean, she's good in fucking everything, but she should have won an Academy Award for totally, that movie. If, totally. it was, if there was justice in this world. Right, right. <laughs> but then we get to part three, and speaking of Academy Awards, it should have been Parker Posey winning an Academy yep. Award for part three. What the hell are you doing? Being your others. 
What the hell are you doing? I am Gail Weathers. Here's how I see it. I've got no house, no bodyguard, no movie, and I'm being stalked. Because someone was to kill me? No, because someone was to kill you. So now, starting now, I go where you go. That way, if someone was to kill me, I'll be with you. And since they really want to kill you, they won't kill me. They'll kill you. Make sense? None. You know, in the movies, I play you as being much smarter. And as a sane person. For you, that must be quite a stretch. That's funny. Ha! So part three leads even more into the meta stuff, and Parker Posey is playing Courtney Cox's character. Yeah. And they're, they end up teaming up, and Roman is the ultimate villain, and he mm-hmm. ends up being Sydney's half-brother. Half-brother. It all just ties together so nicely of, yeah. you know, Sydney's mom. Like, all the motivation and, you know, why the killers are doing what they're doing, and it all... I think the third one just kind of put a nice little bow on everything. And, right. Um, who do you think is the hottest guy from the Scream Ooh. franchise? I'm just thinking of that now, too. Maybe. Timothy Olyph- uh, What? How do you say Olyph- his name? Oliphant. 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 He was in the second one. He's very he cute. He was. He's, he's cute. I remember I used to confuse him and Josh Jamel for a really long time. Oh, my God. I remember Josh Jamel's <laughs> his nudes were one of the first I ever saw. Oh, really? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. great. His full nudes are online. He yeah? did an artistic photo shoot. Oh, okay. So if anyone's interested, I oh, can't edit this I, out. I so. will be Googling that <laughs> ASAP. I don't know. Maybe Skeet Ulrich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I lied. Patrick Dempsey. He's in the oh, third right, right. one. He looks so, so good. In, he's in part three. Yeah. Yeah. He's so hot. But I mean, what's creepy about Scream and like even more meta than I think they realize is there's so in the third one, you kind of learn that Sydney's mom was like an actress and, you know, was like sexually assaulted and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And Harvey Weinstein oh literally gosh, he produced, produced these. all these movies. So it's just like, wow, I never insane. even thought of that. Yeah. Well, there's a line. So Jenny McCarthy, I think in the third one or. Emily She's Mortimer. so great in part three. Yeah, yeah. So one of them says something like, I didn't sleep with like this gross person. Da, 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 da. Like basically right. kind of insinuating the casting couch kind of culture. But it's I, yeah. insane. That's amazing to think about. Part three really was a lot about uh, the casting couch. Yeah. Situation. And it was like because it was yes, yeah, in Hollywood. They were making the second or third stab movie right. or something like that. So I was up for Princess Leia. I was this close. So who gets it? The one who sleeps with George Lucas. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring up a, a sore subject for you. Sure you didn't. None of them did. So how can I help you? But yeah. And because of how meta it is, you do get these great cameos and little performances. I mean, we mentioned Jenny McCarthy, who her scene in that office is one of my favorites. Let's talk about your character, okay? What character? I'm Candy, the chick who gets killed second. I'm only in two scenes. You're not happy with your part. I'm not happy that I'm 35 playing a 21-year-old. I'm not happy that I have to die naked. And I'm not happy that my character is too stupid to have a gun in the house after her boyfriend's been cut into fish sticks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, great. Okay, so let's, let's run the lines. <sighs> Fine. Uh, page 28. Uh, Candy's big moment. <sighs> page 28. Ring, ring. Hello. Hello? Who's this? Who's this? This is Candy. Hang on, let me get some clothes. See, I don't understand why I have to start the scene in the shower. The whole shower thing's been done. Vertigo, hello. And I mean, my boyfriend just died. And then even in part two, you get Sarah, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Jada yeah. Pinkett. I'm trying oh, to think. Jada Pinkett is so, so good. Her in opening, the second one. I know, so fantastic. And then the fourth movie, what did you think of the fourth movie? So I remember I actually saw the fourth one in theaters. Me I too. saw it with like a big group. I think I saw it like the night it came out. Uh, at the Arclight? Did you go I to the Arclight, the dome? We, 
we were probably in that. I that's we were probably exactly, in the same theater. Yeah, I that's exactly where I saw it. I saw it yeah. at the Arclight Hollywood with some friends in the dome. So yeah, it was like a fun screening. <laughs> yeah, it was that. it was really fun. So I mean, the beginning part is great. I remember I interviewed Lucy Hale because okay. she was in like the little beginning parts, okay. and this was before. This was like I think Pretty Little Liars had only been on for like less than a year, so she yeah. wasn't you know at the level she um is at today. But she was really sweet. But that opening in part four is it's so just, good. It's just really like, good. oh my God, it's brilliant. Yeah. Well, and then you have, I think the way they kind of framed it is super interesting. Like, so again, spoiler alert, Emma Roberts, who is Sydney's cousin, ends up being the murderer. And she's like, I want to be famous like you. Cause like, you know, she's looking at it like Sydney got all this notoriety and fame because she had, because you know, the, serial killers yeah. after her. But so she wanted that. And I think it's just like such a great reflection of how. I think a lot of people are today when it comes to fame, they kind mm-hmm. of want this notoriety and this, you know, spotlight on them without having to like do anything right. or, you know, so it was just, again, very meta. What do you think, uh, what I appreciate most about part four is the fact that Nev Campbell did not die at the end yes. because I think we all went into it thinking, okay, this is going to be Nev's final song. performance. And then the fact that they didn't kill her was almost the big surprise yeah. or the big reveal. I'm I'm glad that they didn't. I think if they had killed any and, of the main and characters Courtney and david i think that would have been like people would have been pissed right. like i know that's how it was a big when uh, jamie kennedy's character randy died in the second one that was i think a, people were kind of an, in an uproar about that um but here, i also think there's a problem with online culture of like dictating what's in these movies because it's like if filmmakers are afraid to kill off a character because of the backlash yeah. It, it almost is like they needed to kill off Jamie's yeah. character. And and they did find a great way to bring him back in part three with this little cameo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I hate that sometimes that controls yeah. the narratives for people. But, well, they, but I, I also think, get that people are attached to yeah. characters. I think they were going to kill Dewey in either like the first or the second one. I think maybe even the first one, but like Wes Craven or Kevin Williamson or whoever, like they just liked him so much that they were like, mm. oh, you know, they were going to kill him in the first one. And I guess... They like added a few scenes at the end so he didn't die. Cause like um, when he, there's like some kind of car crash or something and he's laying there and it, he, that's when he was supposed to be like dead yeah. when he was like laying in that ditch or whatever. But I'm glad they kept him around because he's a great character. Yeah, he's so good. And the fourth one I think is better than people kind of gave it credit for and it didn't do that well financially. I need to watch it. I have not it's really watched good. it in so long. And what's his name from Younger? Nico Tortorella yes. was in it. He came into my work too. And <sighs> he, he read, nice? he was really nice. Um, he read my coworkers tarot cards and then he invited <sighs> us to like this something he would do <laughs> and then he invited us to this like poetry reading that he was doing or something sure. like that but that I, I couldn't go so <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like him yeah i yeah part four is really really good i rewatched it recently and i was like this is better i think there was just so much pressure when it came out and it makes me upset because i i would have loved a part five i i think part four was good and it was like they set up to potentially have a part five and i remember reading i think they would were interested it was supposed to be like a new trilogy so like kevin williamson had written it and i think they maybe replaced him or something at one point but uh, the initial concept was this was supposed to start a new trilogy and then it didn't do that well financially and so they ended up doing the scream tv show which i don't i never watched i think i watched the pilot of it and then it was like i was wasn't into it and now i think they're rebooting it every season so now it's become an anthology even though up until now it was following the same characters yeah. or something, but I don't watch it. So I don't know. I want more. I think they should do more. I, I know. I would love it. it. I would love it. But the, it didn't make any money. Part, yeah. part four. 
All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. But I love the Scream franchise so, so much. I remember I got the posters on my wall and when I was a kid. And then that set off my love affair for the I Know What You Did Last Summer series. I was so fucking scared of that hook man i like was convinced that he was just like standing next to my bed every night i was terrified i love those movies and i think part two is fantastic i still know oh with brandy with brandy i think it's like so good that was like my favorite when i was a kid i remember loving i thought jennifer love you it was just like like i worshipped her right she was so amazing and the guys, I mean, talk about Ryan Phillippe and Freddie Prince Jr. So I mean, do you get hotter in the 90s? Like, you that's, really, really you don't. Do not. And Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar are so cute. They're still married. Mm-hmm. And they're just And like they adorable. still look fantastic. They look it's great. like they're, they're aging wonderfully. I but I loved the I loved those movies in there. They're good. And I remember reading at the time, like when the internet was new, I was like looking in the fandom of all these movies. And they were there were all these rumors about them having I'll always know what you did. Oh, and then yeah. they ended up doing like a straight to DVD thing that was oh, not the yeah. same characters. But I would love that franchise to be yeah. rebooted too. And the guy who's doing Halloween, what's the producer of Halloween, the new reboot, mm-hmm. he said he would like to do I Know What You Did Last Summer. I'm so into that. But he, I just was reading this interview and he said the problem is like the rights situation can take forever because with mm. Halloween, it took him like two years oh, wow. to get the rights or something. So he said he would love to reboot the I Know What You Did Last Summer franchise, but he doesn't know if he can. Oh, well, I hope that happens. I would love for, for all of this to come back. It's just so good. I know they were all so good. So Amanda, this was so fun. Any other final scream thoughts before we go? I'm trying to think. Do I? What's any? what is your favorite scary movie? Is it Scream? My favorite. Uh, I still know. No, I don't know if that's. <laughs> it might be. Like I love all of those teen movies. Scream might be right at the top. Scream yeah. two. I love Scream two. Maybe more than part one. Isn't it so ironic that what's your favorite scary movie? That question that was poised. It's like scream it kind of like all came full circle and right, now right, i feel right. like that's probably the number one answer for a lot of people it's so weird it's so interesting to me that that set off my love for these horror movies which now i can't watch because even when i was a teenager i was gobbling up every horror movie that i could i remember running after scream i was like i'm running the exorcist i'm running carrie i was like renting all of these which i can't watch now and the shining even it's like those are some that's all of those yeah. movies are so scary terrifying i feel like the What's older your you, favorite probably scream yeah, yeah i just like it's just such a classic I, it's i feel like there's a lot of horror movies that i i'm not the kind of person where i would like rewatch horror movies yeah. a lot like to me it's kind of like a one and done situation but when it comes to like scream scream trilogy like i would watch those yeah. like multiple times for sure i even i love the halloween franchise but i'm a little bit 
I know it's getting rave reviews and I'm excited. I haven't seen it yet, the new one, but I loved H2O a lot with Josh Hartnell. (laughs) And I, so I'm a little upset that they're rebooting the timeline. I I get that they're ignoring the, they're ignoring everything except for the first movie. I don't know. So I, I'm a little upset about that, but you know, it's, it's interesting that they're taking a new place. I'm hoping for a Kyle Richards appearance. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. (laughs) That, and it all comes back to the housewives at the end of the day. At the end of the day. I know. Amanda, this was so fun. Thank you so much. Where can people find you on social media? I'm at a Hassica. And then also if you want to check out my Disneyland foodies page, it's at Disneyland foodies. I want to thank you guys all for listening to this little Halloween bonus pop dive. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. Please join the Everything Iconic Facebook group. It's uh, just search Everything Iconic, the Cynthia Swan Crisis Center for Pop Culture Lovers. Please rate and review this on iTunes if you like it. It would be wonderful. I want to thank Samson Technologies for sponsoring the show. And if you want bonus episodes of this podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic. And for $4 or more per month, you get access to all of our bonus episodes, plus uh, Real Houses of New York recaps, and you're just helping to support this podcast. So I want to thank you guys. This was just a little bonus mini pop dive. Uh, of course, we didn't get into too much detail into the Scream franchise, but we wanted to touch on it for Halloween. So I thank you all for listening. Now let's take a little bit of time to do our cool down. Everyone take a deep breath in. Breathe out. Take a deep breath in. I think of a treat. First thing that comes to mind when you think of a treat, uh, hopefully it's a food item. Breathe out. <laughs> now, I want you guys to find some time today or tomorrow within the next few days to get that treat and treat yourself. So hopefully it was a little snack, a food item, a candy that you really like. Please go search it out. Find it if it's like a Snickers bar, or Kit Kat. My personal fave is a Kit Kat. It's like my favorite favorite candy, but go seek it out and enjoy it and treat yourself because sometimes just the littlest thing uh, can make you feel good. And I always find that if I, if I kind of make a big deal out of it, it makes it extra special. So if I'm treating myself to, let's say a Kit Kat and I, I get to the store and I make a big deal out of getting that one little Kit Kat, you know, I, by big deal, I just mean in, in my own head, <laughs> if I make it like a little celebration and then I can enjoy it just a little bit more, Uh, and makes me feel good. So I hope you guys can find that treat. I want to thank you guys. I love you so much for listening. Thank you. Kisses. Bye. Happy Halloween. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made 
for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com.